Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me, as always, is the Bernie Toppin to my Elton John, Mr. Raul Rodriguez. Or is it the other way around? Maybe. I'm a tiny dancer. <laughs> Hi, guys. So we're going to... Uh, Raul is always and Also, as I was telling Billy before we started recording, this is a one-year anniversary. We started this podcast around July... And I cannot believe we're almost done 70 episodes. And we're going to do the last movie of the month of the LGBTQ plus month. We're going to do a movie that I really was surprised of it when I saw it in theaters. And I'm still, I love this movie after I saw it for this podcast. We're going to do Rocket Man. Yep. The Elton John biopic. That is much more musical fantasy than actual biopic. Yes. Which I kind of like. Because with a personality like Sir Elton John, he would do something like this. I know he was very heavily involved with the creative process, the casting of Taron Edgerton, which I want to bring that up first. Originally, Elton John was going to be played by Tom Hardy, who I cannot see doing this at all. He's too tall. He's too muscular. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Uh-huh. Tall, he's he's just not the right fit. Mm-hmm. But when you t- think of Taron Edgerton, they both did Kingsman, met through there. In the movie Sing, which Taron Edgerton was the gorilla, he sang an Elton John song, which he actually does sing it in this mm-hmm. movie, but it's done in a different context. And it just, when you think about it, it just is a better fit for him. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at him, you can when you see him in the makeup and all that stuff, you just forget that it's not Elton John mm-hmm. and you forget it's Taron Edgerton, but he he's so good. And Bernie who we'll talk about played by Jamie bell. Billy was the, yeah. Billy Elliot. And you know, who wrote the music in the musical was Elton John. Mm-hmm. So all those connections, you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Billy, it's pretty underrated. A lot of people don't remember it. Great movie with Mrs. Weasley, actually, Mm -hmm. in there as well. And a great musical. I got to see that one. Nice. And it was a lot of fun. But yeah, you want to start off the movie because describing this movie is very strange because most of it is actually just sequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more like fantastical. It reminded me of like a Julie Taymor movie. You, you know, like the lady that did the Titus. Spider-Man? <laughs> I knew show? you were going to bring up fucking <laughs> Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> if you don't know about that show, there needs to be a movie made about the making. Oh, of, my God. Or yes. a documentary, please. Mm-hmm. That is one of Broadway's biggest disasters mm-hmm. because they spent so much money on it. And, oh, man. Um, but like across the universe or she did the stage production of the lion king she's very mm-hmm. visual and that's what these sequences remind me of is a lot like something i felt like this was like across the universe mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. with the music serving a purpose in the story yes and like these short snippet scenes of like transitions to the next sequence it actually felt more like a musical like you could see this on stage or something much more than an actual movie to me. So I'm going to let you describe the opening of the movie because it's just, it's very abrupt. Yes. Uh, we just see Elton John in a 
pretty flashy angel slash demon kind of outfit and like uh and it's pretty orange and he's just walking in going through doors and then he sits down and there's kind of like a big circle of a aaa meeting it's like i'm melton hercules john and i'm an alcoholic cocaine addict sex addict bulimic shopaholic problems with weed and i need anger management as also one of the women says, like, a, let's go back to your childhood. And this is the first thing, like, you, the thing that you said, that the movie immediately puts you in is how is everything going to be told through song and through transitions because we've seen Elton remembering. And he's like, he's having that fantasy of remembering right there in that room. As we see all of his people from the AA, AA meeting going with him as he's good. We see him as a child. And his name is Reginald, Reginald Dwight. And as we see in this first song, that's the thing. Also, me as a context, I have heard some songs of Elton John, but I didn't know that it was they were portrayed by Elton John. And the first song that I knew that it was Elton John is when I heard I'm still standing in the movie scene. Because that song was for me was pretty it hit me really hard when I heard that song back in 2016, because it's when I lost a lot of weight. And so much things that happened between like living in Mexico and in Texas and so many things that happened drama wise. When, when I heard that song, I cried a lot because I identified with that song and I didn't know it was Elton John. And then I listened to Benny and the Jets and so many movies, but I never heard this song until the movie is called The Bitches Back. I think that was the name of the song. Yes. Every song is an Elton John song. Yes. But they make sense for the context that mm-hmm. they're in. And... Yes, we are introduced to Reggie. He lives in 1950s Britain. Mm-hmm. And he is living in a household where there's not a lot of affection. His mother, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who She's I thought... She's a fucking bitch. Yeah, typical, <laughs> stereotypical Bryce Dallas Howard role playing mm-hmm. an awful person like in The Help. Oh, or... oh God. Mm-hmm. or the jurassic world movies we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> i have a lot to say about her character in mm-hmm. those movies particularly particularly in the first jurassic world movie mm-hmm. my god and she is a terrible woman she's just so like she just barely pays him any attention his grandmother is the only one that actually gives a shit mm-hmm. about reggie in general and is very encouraging of him like trying piano and he could get a scholarship oh that's awesome you should go for it she's not in the movie for very long but it's a good thing that he had some sort of influence like a parental figure and also the other cool thing that i like is how he mimics what he listens in the radio as we see him like touching the piano and he's like a just keep going and i love this detail because then when he goes to get the scholarship uh, uh, to go to the the music the music school, the teacher was like, uh, "You don't have any any instruments." I was like, "No, I don't have one." But then she, he starts playing the same thing that the teacher was playing when he walk in. It's like, and the teacher was like, "Why did you stop?" Because that was the that's when you stop. And she's like, "Well, that's impressive, but still, you have uh, much to learn, young man." Yeah, I forget what it's called, but it's when you can hear music and then you can play it. Mm-hmm. as well i think it's like um oh man i don't even know but 
it's almost very, sounds like photographic memory. It sounds almost like a photographic memory if you think about it. Yeah, well, it's a lot like where he, you, you can just pitch it or you can hear the notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear the music and then you can play it. Not everybody has that, which is a very rare gift. And nobody, especially his dad, oh my God, his father, Stanley, mm -hmm. takes no interest in him no. whatsoever. Big jerk huge also and... the father he looked a little like i met neil patrick harris on makeup <laughs> i was like is that neil patrick harris no he's not <laughs> no it's it's not and then we get another song i want love mm -hmm. and yes not only does the the kid sing and all of that but mm -hmm. everybody else sings not bad singing voices for the most part yeah, especially and, the lyrics. Yeah. Like, I just feel cold. I don't feel nothing. I want love on my own terms. After everything that I have learned, I have carried so much baggage. I want love that means something. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like the thing about the whole movie about what Elton wants, which is a theme that permeates throughout the entire film. Is mm -hmm. that he just wants to be loved? Mm -hmm. Which isn't that like what everybody in life wants to do is just mm -hmm. to be loved? And have somebody to love back. Mm -hmm. And then Reggie starts playing piano lessons, like you say, at the Royal Academy of Music. Mm -hmm. And then he, one day he's coming back and he sees his mom with another man. Mm -hmm. Because their marriage, like their mom and dad's, her, his mom and dad's marriage is awful. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, actually, no, I know that they only stayed together for him. Mm -hmm. because you have to understand in the 50s divorce was it was Not an outrage mm -hmm. nobody ever got divorced and it's not like today where it's very common mm -hmm. and then he, his dad moves out doesn't even tell him goodbye he just mm -hmm. literally picks up his suitcase one night and just leaves mm -hmm. father of the year and then we get into the next musical number, which is ah, Saturday. One of Saturday nights, all right for fighting, which is my one of my favorite numbers. Nice, because he starts performing at the local pubs and stuff mm -hmm. just to get a feel. And yeah, he's really, really good on piano. Mm -hmm. And then we transition from the younger kids to now Taron Edgerton. Mm -hmm. Whom, if you don't, if you haven't heard his singing voice, it's really good. Really great. Especially, I love the in the thing, the details in Saturday Night, how he transitions into the carousel, and then he gets chased by a car, and then we, you get that like, kind of like a little Bollywood moment, and then he's like flirting with another guy. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of details in Saturday Night that I really love, especially the choreography. But then also... This is when he gets like a, he gets hired to work for the American Soul Tour as a backup. As also that's when he meets. Um, I always forgot the name of the the kid that it was kind of like representing him when he goes to like the record the record studio. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, because that's kind of like the next scene after oh, he. Oh. Um... Ray. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ray was the, his first manager, and mm-hmm. they were going under this other guy named Dick James, mm-hmm. who's a record label, uh, DJM Records, and yeah, he was playing backup piano for the Isley Brothers and Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. Mm-hmm. So that woman in the center is supposed to be Patti LaBelle. Nice. Also, and he, have... he's in this band called Bluesology. Mm-hmm. And the lead, the Isley Brothers um, singer, Ronald, mm-hmm. he, like, like, Reggie is saying, oh, how do I get into this? And he just goes, strike songs. Mm-hmm. And also, you should probably change your name because Reggie Dwight is doesn't have quite the ring to it. Also, especially because he says you have to kill the person you were born to be for you to become the person you want to be. Which I know what you were thinking. You were thinking, let the past die, kill it if you have no, to. No, I was I thinking of this another joke from Star Wars. When he's uh, with, the, with that guy. He says, what is your name, Elton? And then he sees that photo of John Lennon. And then he says, Elton Skywalker. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, hmm, Elton Solo. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> nah but and also you that said the joke i didn't say it they were from the yeah but year. you you were you were thinking it no now you brought it up <laughs> yeah but our listeners need to hear at least one last jedi joke yes they need to yes. yeah elton was the name of the saxophonist elton dean mm-hmm. and yeah john from john lennon which that is also true that is how he found his name mm-hmm. and Oh, yeah, we forgot during the montage section, one of the people of the Isley Brothers um, was giving him the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, the eyes, and backstage gave him a big old kiss, and he seemed receptive to it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, shit. And this is actually um, after he gets introduced to Dick James. And he plays a couple of songs like Daniel and um, Candle in the Wind Mm -hmm. and stuff. And Dick James is like, these are terrible. They're not good. Even though they are some of Elton John's most famous songs. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, here, I'll get you a... um, Ray is just like, all right, I'm going to introduce you to uh, a lyricist named Bernie. Mm -hmm. And they have dinner and... Or they have like a lunch and they quickly become friends. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where Jamie Bell comes in. He's just, he's also really good in this movie. Yes. Like he provides an anchor for Reggie and is just, he's really his first friend. Because mm-hmm. he's a very, as he's described by his grandmother later in the movie, a very sh- he was a very shy but mm-hmm. polite boy. Often kept to himself and... Then we got Border Song, which that was them moving into a flat and they're just creating music. Mm-hmm. Bernie with the lyrics and Elton with the music, like the the composing of the music. Yes. Which would begin one of the greatest partnerships in music history because, yeah. They're still par- partners. Yeah, after what, like 50... Mm-hmm. At least over forty years now mm-hmm. since yep. this is taking place in the um, late sixties, early seventies, mm-hmm. and 
the only reason why they got to stay at their flat was because Elton started dating the the landlady. <laughs> but they're at dinner one night with the Isley brothers, and then one of them is just like, but there's only one problem. You're a homosexual. Yep. And he's like, looking at Bernie, because he's just like, Bernie's just like, is this true? Mm-hmm. And it seems very tense, and he's just like, would it matter? And he goes, no, not to me, no. But other people, it might. That's pretty fucking cool. In the yeah, 60s. That, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that, that Bernie was so cool. With, yeah. Like he, like, he was just like, yeah, okay, it's, it's fine. It doesn't make a difference to me. Mm-hmm. I still love you, man. And he, they're on the roof because they both get super hammered mm-hmm. and make a shit ton of noise. And they're on the roof. And Elton leans in, you know, tries to make a move. But he's, uh, Bernie is just like, Look, man, I love you, but not like that. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's okay, that's fine. And that's another pretty cool thing because other people back then they were like, "Fuck you, I don't want to talk to you anymore." But he's like, "Nope, we're still gonna be friends." And I was like, "That's pretty damn cool." And then um, also later, the landlady learns that he's gay and. He did, she destroys her his piano, his music. I was like, get the fuck out. And they go back to live with the mother. And they're like, well, you have to pay me rent. And and then we see them like slowly. Elton is starting starting to doing this. This song says, You are the sweetest thing eyes that I ever seen. You can tell everybody I hope you don't mind how wonderful life is that I put down in a world while you're in the world. And then, uh, yeah, he composes your song, which is my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> you know, um, it's a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a wonderful podcast joke, if you guys don't know. Um, oh. And yeah, it's a little bit funny. This mm-hmm. feeling inside. I'm not one of those that can easily hide. <laughs> don't have much money, but boy, if I did. I buy a big house that we both could live. It's such a, your song is this was Elton John's big hit. Mm-hmm. And that little taste was just my terrible singing. Yeah, it was, that was great. And also um, he got a gig. It's one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> so it's it's always great to see like during he he comes up with a with a score. Mm-hmm. for it because bernie already wrote the lyrics mm-hmm. but then as he's gradually just singing it everybody's just like oh wow mm-hmm. yeah they're like they realized it was something special and then it cuts to them going to the studio and recording it and everyone was just like it's brilliant it's awesome yeah, and the big guy was like, I got you a gig in the trouble or buy something flashy. Make people know that you, what, who you are and don't kill yourself. <laughs> and and don't, you, don't kill yourself. And then they go to L.A. and they get into the trouble at the trouble door. And they're like, uh, and then mm, uh, Elton gets pretty nervous because Neil Diamond, half of the Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, they're all there in the crowd. He's like, uh, oh, no, I don't want to. And then uh, Bernie was like, uh, I was like, I think you overreacting, Elton. Was like, and Brady was like, no, you under underreacting. And then this, uh, the the other guy was like, hey, 
hey, you fucking asshole, you're under contract. Remember that the, this fucking guy even paid your fucking, uh, your, your, your plane. He's like, okay, I'm ready. He's like, just because like, he reminded of the, of the contract, was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I love that, like, he goes out and he gives, like, the, like, the, okay, <laughs> I will be out there. Yes. It's a very flamboyant response, but that would permeate again well that would create the flamboyant stage persona mm-hmm. of elton john before freddie mercury there was elton john and, and that nobody nice really blue shirt that. that's a really nice blue shirt with the stars yes and they were like what the hell are you wearing and he's just like my outfit mm-hmm. and so he goes out there and he starts to play crocodile rock yes I remember when Rock was young. Me and Susie had so much fun. Holding hands and skipping stones. As he starts, and as solo the sudden he starts floating as he's playing the, the yeah. piano. And when all he gets the people to the... And it's like, it's floating, which mm-hmm. that made me think, oh, this must be how he felt like he could defy gravity. Mm-hmm. If we're going to pull from wicked and then in the audience we have the worst character in the movie not not worst character in terms of how it's how this character is written but in terms of care like moral care Mm -hmm. and that is richard madden rob stark himself as john reed funny enough since i mentioned freddie mercury he did later become the manager for queen for a short time, played by mm-hmm. another Game of Thrones actor, Aiden Gillen, who was Littlefinger. Yes. True. But I also like that they cast, I think Richard Madden does better here because he has more of a role mm-hmm. in the movie, as well as the fact that he's actually Scottish and Aiden Gillen is Irish. Mm-hmm. And he can't really do a Scottish accent that much. And. I mean, also, this movie is a much better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Like, miles. I was going to say miles. that. <laughs> I'm very critical of Bohemian Rhapsody, because Freddie Mercury is one of my heroes. And yeah. then, after that, I think this is when Bernie and Elton go to a party? Yeah, they go to a party as he's, uh, Bre- uh, Elton is seeing Bernie flirting with this, with this girl as he's starting singing Tiny Dancer. Tiny dancer in my head, but how it feels so real. And now you can hear me when I see you slowly. Have me closer, tiny dancer. Lay on me with the sheets of linen, counting the headlights on the highway. As we see him, then, like, uh, he's, like, going through the campsite and all of the different parties. And then he meets the that asshole, Richard Madden, uh, uh, wow. John Reed. It's like, it's always important to rely on the kindness of strangers. You could be the greatest singer in America. So, and then Elton says, so you like my songs? He's like, I like the singer. Like, damn. <laughs> like, immediately up yes. on it. Also, I have sung Tiny Dancer at karaoke. It's very fun. Nice. I, it. And he, he, he knows this because he was there. Yes, I was and, there. Um, after this, we actually get a sex scene between mm-hmm. Reed and Elton. And it's kind of, um, it's, it's kind of good. Fast and effective. I mean, like, it's not, it's no Brokeback Mountain, but oh, no. it's not, 
it's not bad either. It's much more, I wouldn't say really explicit, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more that's implied and it just feels more passionate. Yeah. I would say, but more like in Brokeback, those scenes were much more like two people that had a deep connection with each other. This just feels like, like a one night stand. Where yes. Passion is in the air and it's not really about connecting with the person mm-hmm. or it's just like they they both are good looking people they just got to get their rocks off and <laughs> i mean yeah rock <laughs> um, and then, and then they just... wake up the next morning and it's just like oh shit mm-hmm. um, oh yeah and elton felt betrayed by bernie because he left him to have sex with that really good looking chick by the way mm-hmm. that heather which i believe is the name of bernie's actual wife i don't know if it's supposed to be the same person mm. but yes bernie left elton out and elton is very much an introvert he wasn't really talking with anybody he was just singing tiny dancer mm-hmm. then after that what and then he kind of like proposes to read that he wants to like have another date. He's like, no, you, you go and be famous. And then we're going to meet when you come back to LA. As we see Dan Elton, he starts singing LA. He starts selling a lot of records he, he, as he's doing a cat named Hercules. And also then we transition of he's doing Doc on Breaking My Heart. Nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny you said Hercules because the club owner of the Troubadour is played by Tate Donovan, who Mm -hmm. was, well, first of all, Jimmy Cooper from the OC, Mm -hmm. but he was the voice of adult Hercules in Disney Hercules. Oh, again, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Nice. Everything is meant to be in this movie. Nice. And yes, we get Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Mm -hmm. Kiki D, but they have a quick break so that him and reed can once again have sex and yes in, in a nearby room but then on the way to the show elton orders the driver to stop because um reed said oh you gotta tell your parents about this by the way well also we did we did a time skip he started buying a lot of like the mansion and the art and a lot of different oh outfits. yeah is this when we get um I think that was the the honky cat. Honky cat, yes. This is when he starts using drugs mm-hmm. and his life just starts to deteriorate. And we see that Reed is clearly just using him to make money. Yes. As a business deal. And we've seen throughout the entire reaction, he's just been gaslighting and manipulating him throughout mm-hmm. the from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You could see through this guy from like ten miles away. Yes, that's also John. And now we go to after this time job. He's like the thing that you said. He's like, hey, the papers are really suspecting that about you and maybe me as well. You need to get a girlfriend. You need to tell your parents. As we see Elton going to his father, he gives his father one of those fancy watches, and then he sees that he has another other children. And even the children's like, is it true you were you're worth twenty five million quid? So I was like, well, and then. The father's like, can you sign me one of your, you're signing one of my, one of your records. And he's saying, he's putting to that. He's like, no, no, no. I want him for my friend Arthur. He's a really fan of yours. And you can see how Elton is so angry and so disappointed of his father. 
he just crushes that and he was to Arthur and then he goes inside the car and he's like crying because he he thought that maybe his father was gonna love him after that but still he's being the asshole that he was and then he goes to the phone booth after he's about to get ready for to go on TV and he has a discussion with John and then he goes to the phone booth to talk with, to his mother and I was like, Mom, I'm talking to you because... And then she's the mother's like, oh, but we're going to miss you on the telly. You're almost about on. I was like, no, no, I'm talking to you. Um, Me and John, I'm a homosexual, a potter, a fairy, a queen. Say something, Mom. Fuck. I already knew that. I don't mind. But I want you to keep that to yourself. I just hope you realize you're choosing a life of being alone forever. You will never be loved properly. That fucking quote. Like it hurt me. When I saw it in the theater. It's. Like. Uh, like for my. like uh, I have heard so many people. That they're gay. Lesbian etc. They. A lot of their parents. They didn't say the exact thing. But it's almost the same message. Because they think because they're choosing this kind of life. Or they're gonna have this kind of life they're never gonna be loved especially like you know like the the um, the prejudice of gay people there are a lot of gay people that just hop around with many different men and they never have a savage relationship and, and that's her like kind of like judging him immediately especially maybe because she grew up in the 50s and the 60s and woodstock and i was like uh and it hurts a lot because it was like uh she didn't knew and that's also the message of the movie that he wants to be loved. And she's saying, I was like, you're never going to be fucking loved because you're gay. I was like, damn. She's a fucking asshole. That's one of the She scenes- says it so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. I got the vibe that they didn't want Reggie. And mm-hmm. I say Reggie, Reggie because that's yeah. where he came from. And that he was just like, like a burden to her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because she's with her boyfriend, who is the same guy that she cheated on, who has the Elvis haircut. And, um, man, that just it sucked. But then, after that, Reed fucking grabs him out, mm-hmm. physically grabs him out, is just like, don't you ever do that to me again, and fucking punches him right in the face. Yep. And forces him to go on stage and everything. And we see it's the it's the I Tanya moment where he's putting on like some makeup to cover up the scar mm-hmm. and he has to force himself to look happy and everything. And sniff some cocaine too. Just some great Yeah, and sniff some cocaine. So again, <laughs> I guess sort of like I Tanya. Mm-hmm. Another great movie that is a biopic that is unconventional and great performance. Mm-hmm. Um in that movie, great performance by Margot Robbie. In this movie, great, great performance by Taron Edgerton. Yes. Because it's hard to just act with just expressions in your face. Because mm-hmm. they can come off as too expressive. Like a kabuki theater, which is like Japanese. Like, ah! And <laughs> they overact mm-hmm. in those. But you can't be so subtle that you can't catch what they're trying to get across. Yes. And I think he does a really good job of you understand how he is feeling, what he is going through without any words. Mm-hmm. That's some of the best acting that you can do. And that's just all the credit in the world to Taron Edgerton. Just 
knocked it out of the park. And it's criminal that he was not nominated for an Oscar. At least nominated. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who else was nominated that year. I think I think Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, Joker. or whatever. But, man, he should have been nominated. Yeah, and then the following scene, as we see, um, he's getting ready for another concert, and he's wearing this big-ass hat, and Bernie was like, don't you think that that's too much? And I was like, people don't pay to see Reginald D. White, Bernie. People pay to see Elton John. You just do your job, write the lyrics, and that's it. And he, and then well, Bernie is like, oh, kind of like he's really sad, but then immediately he's like, I'm so sorry, man. Like, uh, I, and he's like, I know. But also kind of like Bernie gives him a sign that, that Bernie knows that he's also really fucking angry because of John, of John Reed. As also we see him like uh, doing another song called Pinball Wizard as we see all of the different styles, like iconic styles of Elton John, especially like the, he's wearing all that white suit, all of those different glasses as we do another time jump and then we see him super high he's just getting like a he had a hangover and he's walking from his whole big mansion and then he sees john getting a blowjob from his secretary a male secretary as john says rock and roll is an 87 million dollar industry I and then and was like I just manage you and even how pathetic you are I still will get money from you and then Elton says I'll, I'll pay for everything and I want you out of my house as all of a sudden his mom and his family even his neighbors showed up and then he's doing a party he's doing a party and just Elton is in a room and he plan and we see him overdosing like he, like drinking a lot of pills and he goes to the pool and was like, for my next trick, I'm going to kill myself. And then he goes into the water. And I really like this sequence because as he's floating, he sees himself touching a little piano and doing Rocket Man. Yeah, like him as a little kid. Yes. As Rocket Man. Kid's voice is high as fuck, by the way. <laughs> um, which, so is Elton, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. And I like that it's underwater because underwater makes you look like you're floating everything mm-hmm. which it seems to be a thing in this movie is like feeling weightless yes and i guess that's just the power of music and it makes you feel like you can do anything and i guess like a rocket like a rocket man like mm-hmm. in space even the lyrics um you know um and I think it's gonna be a long long time till mm-hmm. touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man I was or I'm not the man they think I am at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Mm-hmm. Rocket man burning out his fuse out here alone. Mm-hmm. You can clearly see that these songs reflect his state. Yes. Like, this is him. Mm-hmm. And I am not, I would not be surprised if this was actually in points of his life. If like Bernie just wrote this about uh, Elton. And, and also that's, that's one of the reasons I like this movie a lot because as you said at the beginning, the songs are really well synced with the story. It's pretty vital the way that it were like it's not like in a musical that it is not part of the story, but this one is so is so important of it. And that's the thing that I like the, the most about the movie. Like every song, it hits a bit of a, like a, like you said about his life. 
especially like we see at the end that he's playing Rocket Man in the Dodgers Stadium. That's a really nice suit that I have never seen. Oh, you've never way. seen? No, that's iconic, Elton John, when he was I, up in Dodger Stadium and mm-hmm. had the uh, the bedazzled uniform. Mm-hmm. He's very flashy yet ridiculous outfits. And I love that even like he's on the stretcher and everything and trying to put the mask on. And he's just like no, and he's still singing and mm-hmm. again being lifted up in the air again like a rocket. Mm-hmm. And even at one point, or it transitions to him performing at Dodgers Stadium because this is actually true. Like the day he overdosed, and then the next day he performed there. Damn, they knew that. <laughs> it does the one. Um, he literally takes off like a rocket, and then it transitions to or turns into a firework. Mm-hmm. And it's I meant to not take this seriously like this is all a fantasy right Mm -hmm. it's very much like a visual movie and it's not something that you really see with biopics and that's something i appreciated again very much like in the style of like a julie taymore Mm -hmm. where it's visual or across the universe which is very much like these fantasy segments that you or in that movie they used the beatles songs for uh sequences and all the characters are named um Mm -hmm. are associated with beatles music and this is the same thing with rocket man and yeah he freaking overdoses and then or he had no he had to get his stomach pumped because of all the pills and then he's in a plane with bernie yeah, he's in a plane with Bernie. I see as Bernie proposes. I was like, we were just this. We just why don't we just disappear? Let's reconnect. Let's like doing songs like we used to do when we were younger. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You can do it. You can do it on yourself. Like uh, I want to collaborate with other people. As then we see transition of uh, of Elton dressed as the Queen, and and this is where we get Benny and the Jets. Yes. The Penny the Jess is one of the first movies that I remember listening of Elton John when I when I was a teenager. When I saw the movie Twenty Seven Dresses, when you see the girl from Grey's Anatomy and Jace Marsden, it's like Benny and the like super drunk and the like doing Benny and the Jess in a bar. I always remember because that was the first time I listened to that song. Oh, that's another great karaoke song that I will definitely put on the list mm-hmm. if I ever do karaoke again. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, and then we get and... to the nightclub orgy. Oh, this is the most visually mm-hmm. um, good um, sequence of the movie. And it's a lot of it is just not talked about, but it is. It's one of those things where you just have to see it. It's hard mm-hmm. to describe because there's a lot that happens. It's a lot of great red chore- and black. Chore- yeah, and a lot of great choreography mm-hmm. as well. Like you said earlier, like a Bollywood number and just all the credit in the world to the choreographer who was I'm not sure. See cinematography edited. Well, while I'm looking that up, you mm-hmm. can keep recapping. As we see movie. in the in the in the nightclub, he like Elton is remembering what her mother said, that thing about he will never be loved. He's remembering his life, how John has tortured him. As we see all of the people Many people were wearing leather. 
uh, something in the in the gay community that like some of them would they used to like wear wearing leather as he's like a he's shirtless and then he just people carrying around and he's remembering all of that stuff. And also we see that the next day, like he's still performing, doing a lot of cocaine, bleeding from his head for his nose. And then he wakes up one of those days and then he sees when we see John, I was like, oh, look at yourself. I was like, ah, even after you die, you remember that your psychiatrist with me years ago. Even if you kill yourself, I will be still collecting 20% right of your income right after you're gone. As, uh, as Selton says, get the fuck out of my house. And then yeah, as- and he, he fires him as manager. Mm-hmm. Also, I did not think about this connection, but this movie is produced by Marv. Like, um, that's a Matthew Vaughn's mm-hmm. company. And Matthew Vaughn is the director of Kingsman. Mm-hmm. So he was he was involved with this production as well, or at least his company was. So that's probably why Taron Edgerton was um, considered for the role as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, uh, one more time, it's like poetry; it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, um, this movie took pl- that whole period that we just went through because we're about to jump to another decade. Mm-hmm. That was the seventies. Mm-hmm. That was when Elton John was became one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. He doesn't have anonymity, and that's another thing that he resents Bernie for, is that Bernie can just, he disappears. He's the lyricist. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what he looks like. He's not the face. Elton is the face. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who he is. He's a rock star. And he doesn't really have like privacy. Mm-hmm. That's the cost of fame, is that you give up uh, a lot of privacy, and because a lot of paparazzi will go for Mm-hmm. I mean, not really during that time. It wasn't really till like Princess Diana mm-hmm. when that that really happened. And yeah, sometime in the eighties, he's recording music, and he meets a friend, uh, Renette Blau. Renata, Renata. Yeah, Renata. Yeah, Renata. Forgot about that. And uh, they are friends. They get married mm-hmm. because he felt like, oh, he need to do that but it was doomed from the start mm-hmm. because it was it was just a sham mm-hmm. because he's gay mm-hmm. and yeah he just goes i'm sorry and she's clearly clearly heartbroken that's also thing that but... we have skipped during the movie in a lot of flashbacks we also cut out on the present in the late 80s almost 90s with elton in the AA in the AA group, talking about the story, and gradually he takes off the costume mm-hmm. as well, the very gaudy costume, <laughs> and then that's when we get "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," mm-hmm. which is basically "Don't Give Up on Me," and I don't know if you have any of the lyrics. No, I don't have any of the lyrics on that one. Sorry. But then the next song we oh, sorry the next About song losing everything <laughs> is like the sun going down um, on me. I mean, yeah, it's it's very sad lyrics though. Mm-hmm. But then he falls out with his mother and Bernie in two dinner scenes. Yes, this movie is only two hours long, by the way, and this is like an hour and a half in, mm-hmm. and. 
I'll let you talk about yeah. this because I think the one with the mother is much more impactful. Than... Yeah, because the mom says, I was like, hey, I just found this villa. I was like, I just please call John to give me some money. I was like, no, mom. After everything that you have done, I was like, and then she's like, I have gave up everything for you. Like I gave up your father. And I was like, a, and then Elton says, well, you're a heartless monster. I don't want to, I don't want to hear your fridge up, fucked up ideas anymore. And the mom's like, I have, I have fucked everything that I, everything. And then it says, mom, Elton says, I have fucked everything that moves. And I have tried all of the drugs, all of them. And you know, at the and then the mouse was like, you know, I think ever since you touched your piano, you never worked hard for a bloody thing in your life. I should have never had children. You know how much you disappoint me to me to for me to be your mother. As we see Alton walking to the bathroom, he cries. And then he's like in the table. So it seems to me that sorry is the hardest word. As we see him talking to Bernie. And then I don't have a lot of things about Bernie because I was so focused on the moment. I was like, Bernie technically is telling him to stop, like with the yeah, drugs. Yeah, he, he's like, he's just like, dude, you're going to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And I can't be a part of that. And then Elton's just like, well, it was always convenient for you, Bernie, because you never, I've worked my fucking ass off the entire time. I've busted my balls for mm-hmm. years. And you left whenever it was convenient, when I needed you. Mm-hmm. And, but really, that was just because he was getting out of control with like the drugs and everything. And Bernie couldn't be a part of that. And he recognized it. And he's just like, look, goodbye, man, because you can't help people that can't help themselves. And then, um, is the Jello Brick Road song? Yeah, um, we gay. So yeah, I goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. That one. <laughs> With the dogs of society, how you can't plant me in your penthouse. I'm going back to my plow, back to the howling old owl <laughs> in the woods hunting the horny back toad. Oh, I finally decided my future lies beyond the yellow brick road. (laughs) Not the only one with singing, but yes, that's the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And Um, then as we see, he's doing a lot of Basically, it's saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, also the yellow brick road would be like fame. Mm-hmm. Stuff you know, follow the yellow brick road, the path to fame. Yep. The, literally, one of the lyrics is, "Um, oh, I finally decided my future lies beyond the yellow brick road." Mm-hmm. And the, all, the yellow brick road could also be, I guess, like drugs, because mm-hmm. when you get high and shit. Um. Yeah. So. He. Oh he yeah. Um. He he gets. He comes home and he is just all alone, Mm -hmm. but he suffers a fucking heart attack because he's been doing so much cocaine and drinking so much alcohol Mm -hmm. and everything. And this guy is like, yeah, the epitome of the rock star of just drugs, alcohol, everything. It's bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's when 
um, he's supposed to perform, and that's when he's in the uh, the orange outfit we saw in the beginning. We're actually mm-hmm. towards near the end of the movie, and he literally gets in the cab. He abandons the show. I think it was in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it was Madison Square Garden, and this, he says, "I've decided where my future lies beyond the yellow brick road." As he walks in, as the beginning of the movie, to the support group, he says, "For as long as I remember, I hated myself because I don't deserve to be loved." And then as he, we, he, then he's on the circle, and then he imagines his mom, his grandma, and John walking in, and Bernie. Then was like, "Look at you talking about your feelings. What a waste of time." It's like, mom, it's better to say sorry. It's better to say forgive if we had to forgive each other. And it was like, John says, the problem is that you're selfish. And as Elton says, my problem is that you believe that you love, I believe that you love me and you're incapable of it. I'm okay with strange, says Elton. I'm not going to allow you to be, to treat me like this. Not anymore. As many as I was like, I love you, man. I always will. And you'll make songs that people adore. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically him making peace with himself and realizes he doesn't need his parents or John Reed's love. Because mm-hmm. he even says to Reed, he's like, you're incapable of loving anybody. Mm-hmm. And those two, like, I don't need you because mm-hmm. I love me. And he, he finally learns to love himself. Mm-hmm. And... That is just always, always awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, but yeah, he, he rekindles his friendship with, or reaffirms his friendship with Bernie, mm-hmm. who wrote some more musics. And then he he's like, yeah, man, you're my brother. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, he says to Elton, I was like, ah. I'm scared that I'm not going to be good enough without it, without the drugs or the booze. I was like, that's not true. You're scared to feel again. That's that's the part that you have to do on your own. As we see him walking slowly to a room with a piano, and he starts playing, it's like, I'm still standing better than I ever did. Looking like a true survivor. I'm feeling like a little kid. <laughs> I'm still standing after all this time. Picking up the pieces of my life with all my mind. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. like It's a recreation of the music video. It's a great recreation. Oh, my gosh. It's it's one of those things that they do in biopics where they recreate moments. Like they did with the Dodger Stadium scene. Yes. Um that I love and Dexter Flesher, who is the director of this and also the replacement director on Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. This is the one where he got full control Mm -hmm. and I really liked his style in this. Yes. Those are the lyrics essentially just like, I've got this. He survived so much crap and he's still standing. And that's the thing that I love about this. And that's my favorite Elton John song. And then we get the final text that they always do in biopics where it shows what really happened afterwards or what happened to them after. Mm-hmm. And it states that Elton John has been sober for nearly 30 years, mm-hmm. which is true. He organized a charity for people around the world with AIDS. 
and it's raised, I think, over $450 million mm-hmm. or something. A lot of money. And this is this has been like 20 years or so. And, um, and him and Bernie are still yeah. friends. After, yeah. He, after he did I Still Stand, he returns to his career, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he still has issues with shopping, though. <laughs> it shows him with like a like a lot of shit. And that he gets kidnapped by Julianne Moore. (laughs) (laughs) No, he doesn't. But uh, he has found true love for the Mm -hmm. last 25 years with his husband, David Furnish, as well as his two boys, Zachary and Elijah. Mm -hmm. That is why he has decided to stop touring so he could spend time with his family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Him and Bernie have been collaborating for the last 50 years. They remain great friends. But yeah, he and then it said, yeah, he was recently retiring from uh, touring. Mm-hmm. And then we see scenes of, you know, the Elton John uh, performing and some of the extravagant outfits. And then yeah. we see the actual Elton John, mm-hmm. the actual photos and stuff. Pretty accurate. Great for the costume department, by mm-hmm. the way. Great job of perfectly replicating those. And then we get a, a new song during the credits um, that actually won an Oscar for Best Original Song. Oh, cool. Which is weird. It's called I'm Gonna Love Me Again. And it was, again, written by Bernie and um, Elton. Nice. And it, it must have been weird for them, but also so great. Winning an Oscar. It was Bernie's first Oscar. Mm-hmm. Elton had won an Oscar prior for this for The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's an Oscar about Elton's life, mm-hmm. and it's for his best friend. And yeah, that was so cool. But it's still Taron Edgerton did win a Golden Globe though, yes, for his performance, which I'm glad he won something. It was well deserved, pretty well deserved. And like I said, it's a broken record, but that's kind of like a I even tear up right. Uh, in the movie theater when I'm still standing happened because it is a beautiful note to end the movie because after all of the pain that he went through, he's still standing. It's like a, it's like a, it's poetry, it rhymes, like you said, but this movie is amazing. I, I love the story. It made me know more about Elton John. I love the fantasy aspect of it. I always imagine, I imagine like a, it would be cool if they could do kind of like the same style, but imagine kind of like a, a Britney story that I'm pretty sure we're going to see a Britney biopic in like five or 10 years after all of the drama that is happening right now. And I, and that's the thing, or like a, a lady, that's a thing I have an idea for years, a, a Lady Gaga, but not about Lady Gaga, like her songs telling a romantic story. That's an idea that I always had, and that would be so cool. Like the songs would tell the story. Yeah, kind of like because was... people forget that songs need to serve a purpose mm-hmm. in a story. They are supposed to not, they're not just there to be catchy. Because you mm-hmm. can have great catchy music, but if it doesn't serve a purpose, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? I yeah. Listen to the radio. No, they have to move the story along, but also, but also be catchy at the same time. Yeah, no needle like drops, every- like, for example, like, the first Suicide Squad, that is only, like, 40 different songs. That's Even just though- a jukebox. It's a jukebox. <laughs> and that's just popular music just because. Mm-hmm. In 
Guardians of the Galaxy, it's different because the songs reflect the mood. Yes. I mean, it it has to do something. It sets a tone as well as being a catchy song, but it's also like fool around and fell in love. That's mm-hmm. Star-Lord and Gamora be getting falling in love and stuff. Yes. You see, the it's got to reflect the story. Mm-hmm. That's my point. And Rocket Man does a great job reflecting the fact that they were able to do it with almost all of Elton John's music is mm-hmm. great. And I feel like he had a big hand in that. And just overall, um, it's just a fun movie. Like, there's just this chaotic energy to it that you are either on board for or not. And mm-hmm. it tells the larger-than-life story of Sir Elton John and his larger-than-life personality. Yes. Which is what Bohemian Rhapsody should have been. Mm-hmm. Because Freddie Mercury had just... Probably even had even more of a larger-than-life personality yes. than Elton John. And... Yeah, that makes me really sad. But what doesn't make me sad is that I got to watch this movie. And for that reason, I am giving this movie... I'm going to give it a 9 again. This is one of those... This is um great, great month. I'm going to give Don't worry. Next next month, we will have movies that we disagree on entirely. Oh, yes. When it comes to the prequels of Star Wars... You're going to hear some divisive opinions on stuff that you might not even expect. Not just Rogue One, but I mean just like in The other ones too. Yeah, just the prequels. They have very divisive responses. And we're going to... Our scores are going to be very different, I feel like. Some of the movies are going to be rated much lower than Mm -hmm. others. But not this one. I really loved it. Do you have any closing thoughts before? No, uh, like you said, like I kind of like agree. I love the music. I love Taron Egerton's acting, the cast, the design, the the cinematography, the fantasy aspect of it. That's the thing that I love because it doesn't feel like a regular biopic. That's the thing that I love because it's so different. I'll give this movie a 10. I love this movie. You don't want to give it an 11? And eleven is for like when I have to see like multiple times. Okay. That's, Fair enough. That's the way that I do elevens. Like it's a thing that I, oh my god, like I remember every single detail. In Rackman, I still need to learn a lot of details. But a ten is a ten. It still is a high, really high. Eleven is like masterpieces, and so that's my grading system is super weird, but people will understand it. <laughs> But yeah, and as always, you can find me at RobertRDC on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and on TikTok at RobertRDC. And you can follow the podcast at SYNSPod on Twitter. And also send us a, give us a like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And, and you, buddy? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MasterofPuns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. As well as, again, our podcast Twitter, which is at SYNSPod. You can also follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, mm-hmm. Anchor, wherever podcasts are listened to. Give us a five-star re- review on Apple. And just, we really do appreciate anybody that supports. And yeah, we already said what we're going to do for the next month. That's going to be, we're hoping to get a lot of guests and mm-hmm. a lot of planning on my part. And man, is it going to be 
they're going to be long. You episodes. were right in something, Master. The negotiations were short. <laughs> but not these episodes. Oh, I'll no. I'll tell you that. Oh, get right ready, now, people. They're going to be like two, two and a half hours and at minimum. As always, so. see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun.